They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. A sports betting podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt Lamarca. I'm an employee of Fantasy Labs and the Action Network. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Uh, I'm joined today by my co-host, Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. We got another division coming up. And last time uh, you introduced me as your co-host, it was my first time on the show. I remember in the meantime, two summers, uh, yeah, two summers ago now, I produced this show for like a four four episode series before our host had to go take on other projects. So uh, I'd like to welcome you to my show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, no, it's, it's it's going well. We had the NFCs last season or last uh, focusing on the NFC North. We had we broke down the NFC East last uh, last week. That was uh, a bit of a, a bit of a stinker, but now we've got probably one of the most contentious divisions. I think all the top three in this one really have a good shot. So uh, I think uh, this this is going to be a really interesting episode. I think the props are all better, the win totals are tighter. Yeah, absolutely. If you, I mean, if you just look at the divisional odds, uh, the best you can get is, or the lowest you'll get is plus one seventy five to bet any of these teams to win the division. So definitely a division where we should see a lot of competition. Um, before we get into the show, I just want to remind you guys about the Rotoviz, uh, patronship. If you join, uh, we're back for our second season. It's better than ever. Patronships start at just $6 per month. We now offer exclusive access to the Rotoviz radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Uh, patrons also get first dibs on listener league spots, which are going to be starting soon. And in the $9 tier, you get some sweet Rotoviz Radio merch at the end of the season. Um, Kyle mentioned he's got some, some merch from Rotoviz. I have like a, uh, a pullover from a few years ago. It's quality stuff, guys. You want that merch. Uh, become a patron today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium qual- uh, content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. That is patreon.com slash rotovizradio. Uh, also, if you aren't a Rotoviz sub- subscriber, make sure to sign up through the podcast homepage. Get yourself a 10% discount. Uh, fantasy season is heating up. A subscription gives you access to all of the RV content and tools. Just make sure you sign up at rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, Kyle, let's dive in, starting with the division champs from last year, the Chicago Bears. Uh, They have the highest 
win total here at nine and a half. However, the under is minus 137. So it does seem like there's some action coming in on the under right now. Uh, they're plus 175 to win the division, minus 115 to make the playoffs, and then plus 850 to win the NFC, plus 1800 to win the Super Bowl. So I'll be honest, when I looked at this stuff, I was a little surprised at how low most of these numbers were. I mean, the Bears won 12 games last year. They should theoretically get some improvement at quarterback from Mitch Trubisky in his third season. So do you think Chicago's being a little bit disrespected here, or do you think that this these lines are, are pretty much right? What do you think? Yeah, I'm actually probably the reason that under is juiced a bit. Uh, you know, it's probably my fault, my bad guys. I should have uh, should have made some sort of announcement before I went and hit this one. But I do think this is a team that's bound for regression. Look at Jacksonville last year's team built on defense, and that's just not sustainable. Defense is really hard to repeat year over year relative to offense, and this was the best defense in the league. Just even if you're a fantasy player and you want to look at it in those terms, I think we've had one defense repeat as number one defense in the past 15 years. It's just hard to be that consistently good, especially like look at turnover differential. That's something that's not really sticky year to year. They were third in turnover differential, and it was really because they had an incredible defense. They had 27 interceptions, nine fumbles for a total of 36 takeaways. I believe that led the league by a pretty wide margin. Yeah, the next closest team to them was uh, 34? No, 31. They were five ahead of the next closest team, the Cleveland Browns. They're not going to get that many takeaways that next next season. Even if their offense doesn't improve, maybe that just means we see less of their offense because they're not getting the ball as often because of their great defense. And when you look at their draft— They didn't really have much of a draft. And what did they do with their first pick? I believe it was the third round. They took a running back. If you want to improve your win total, you know, it's not actually, it's not controversial at all. This is Rotoviz. You know, the nerds come to hang out here. If you want to improve, if you want to improve your win total, what are you doing taking a running back? Then they took Riley Ridley, a a non-college producer, slow uh, out of, out of Georgia. I don't see, I just, I don't see where they, they really fell behind. If you're not improving, you're falling behind because every team is getting new players I, I, what is there, you know, what is there to like more about this team other than they're a year further into the offense, you know? Yeah, I hear you. It's hard to get excited about that offense. I mean, I, I think there are some pieces there, obviously, like, you know, uh, it's, it's, you mentioned it's Rotoviz, like we all love Tariq Cohen, but like you said, they, they drafted David Montgomery, uh, in the, with their first pick. It seems unlikely that he's not going to play a big role uh, for them this season. You know, Anthony Miller could take a step forward in his second year. Um, but yeah, what, where this, where this unit or where this team really makes their money is on the defensive end of the ball. And like you said, it's hard to replicate that year after year. I mean, they should still get some, some excellent production from, you know, Khalil Mack. Uh, you can bet him to win. Defensive player of the year or lead the league in sacks. Um, both of which I think are, are kind of interesting. But what, what really hurts this team this year is that they go from playing, uh, like a last place schedule to now they have to play a first place schedule. So that means that, you know, in addition to having to play the Packers twice, having to play the Vikings twice, now they have to play the Saints and the Rams, the other first place teams. Uh, in the NFC, they have to play the entirety of the NFC East, which means, uh, you know, games against the Eagles, uh, potentially against Dallas. They could be underdogs there. And then 
they have to play the AFC West, which means tough games against the Chargers and the Chiefs. So that's going to be a, a, a very tough schedule for the Bears this season. Um, they had some losses on the defensive end, too. You know, they lost uh, their starting safety. They lost one of their cornerbacks. And their secondary was underratedly good last year. Uh, you know, now they have Buster Screen in the slot. And as a Jet fan, I can tell you that Buster Screen, not a particularly good cornerback. So they're going from having, you know, a guy who was top 10 in a PFF grade in the slot to now Buster Screen. That could be a big downgrade on that defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that, you know, after I dug into the numbers, I get why it's at nine and a half. Um, but you really are going to need a big Trubisky improvement, I think, if you're looking to repeat the success from last season. Yeah, it feels like last season the offense was built around utilizing his skill set well. He needs to improve that skill set now. He needs to become a better quarterback, not a quarterback that an offense can work well with. He needs to become a quarterback who is really a a top-tier NFL talent if they want to hit 10 wins because that's an incredibly hard margin to hit with that murderer's row schedule, too. That's going to be incredibly hard. Uh, Plus 175 to win the division. I'm probably looking elsewhere for that. Minus 115 to make the playoffs. I I think they're a good bet to make the playoffs, but at those odds, it doesn't really feel like a good investment of your money. And and then NFC Super Bowl, I'm really not too awfully interested in those. Yeah, I honestly think you could even fade them to make the playoffs. I mean, we see every year, this is what's so great about the NFL. Like, there's just a lot of turnover, you know? It wouldn't be unheard of for a team to go from winning 12 games to a team winning, you know, eight or fewer. It happens all the time. So, uh, you know, certainly the Bears sh- figure to be in the playoff discussion, but uh, I think it. I-, I wouldn't be shocked if they did not make it this year. Let's move on to some more interesting Bears discussion. We've got Mitchell Trubisky, eighty to one odds, most passing yards, and sixty-six to one most passing touchdowns. Are any of those interesting to you? Yeah, a lot, lot of different Trubisky props here. Um, I- I'm not really interested in any of them. I mean. What we love about Trubisky is his ability to pile up le- uh, pile up yardage on the ground more than through the air. So, you know, I like him for fantasy at times. I mean, he's a great DFS play in certain weeks. You know he has that big ceiling, but uh, I don't think he's going to be throwing enough to really contend for any of these different leading uh, league leader prop bets. Yeah, I think uh, the the one thought I had was maybe interceptions, but then I was looking at the guys last year, and it, it was Ben Roethlisberger at the top, then Andrew Luck tied second. Looking down further, we had uh, Josh Rosen, Jameis Winston. A lot of these guys are guys who are throwing more. Even if I think Trubisky isn't that good, they're probably a ground-and-pound team. Uh, spoiler alert, whenever we hit the uh, NFC South, Jameis Winston, I will bet – my entire life that he leads the league in interceptions. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just going to say now that. that. He was he was fifth in interceptions and didn't play a ton of games. Yeah. If, that dude, if that dude plays 16 games, oh my he's going to lead the league in picks. That's so exciting. Let's get back to the Bears, though, because there's still some other interesting props we have here. Trubisky, uh, honestly, over his passing, I would rather take uh, 50 to 1 odds on him winning MVP because I really do think his legs really add a factor if they utilize him well, that won't show up in passing stats, but could show up in, you know, MVP voting. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a time during the offseason where Mitch Trubisky had the most activity in terms of MVP betting in Vegas. So, uh, you know, I think it was more he was around 100 to 1, 
and they've dropped his number since to 50. But I'm, I'm with you. I think that he fits that narrative a lot more than any of these league leader bets. Um, if you think that, you know, he's going to take a jump and that the Bears are going to be another, you know, a really good team once again. Uh, I think that makes sense at 50 to one. That's like an appealing long shot. Uh, it doesn't really sound like either of us are in that camp, but you know, I, I totally get the reasons why there has been some activity on Trubisky this year. Yeah. I mean, if you said you have to support Mitchell Trubisky financially by betting on him, that would be my go-to as opposed to, uh, either betting, uh, it would really be interceptions, but that doesn't feel like supporting him. So it definitely wouldn't be passing yards or passing touchdowns. MVP, I think, you know, like you said, the odds were better earlier in the offseason. There are probably still better odds to find right now for different players. But this is if you if you're a Bears homer and you want to bet something on Trubisky, it's MVP over the passing ones. Let's move on to Allen Robinson, 100 to one most receiving yards. This is we talked about it last week. There's no bookie is going to give me the odds I want to bet Allen Robinson leading the league in receiving yards because I think this is going to be a team that tries to play slow. Uh, and they have a lot of receivers, I think, who could really get the ball enough that they don't have a dominant receiver. They have Allen Robinson. They have uh, Taylor Gabriel's guy who actually got a ton of work last season. Cordero Patterson, a great all-around talent, one of the best best two-way, three-way, or you know seven-way players in the league. Let's get him at cornerback a little bit. No, but I just think it's going to be he won't have a high enough share of the team's targets is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little more bullish on Robinson than you are. I could actually see him taking, uh, you know, getting a, a larger share of the receiving pie this season. But again, like, I just don't think that pie is going to be big enough to to have anybody threaten the league lead in receiving yards. So uh, I've actually scooped Allen Robinson uh, in a few best ball drafts and stuff like that so far this offseason. But, you know, is he a threat to lead the league in receiving yards? No, I don't think so. Uh, moving on, we've got David Montgomery. Uh, most rushing yards, I'm saying 100 to 1, not going to take it. 10 to 1 offensive rookie of the year. Is that interesting to you? Because for me, it really comes down to two guys. I think out of the past uh, roughly 15 years, we've had either two or three receivers. I was looking at this earlier in the day when I was supposed to be doing my job. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is like more important than my job. Uh I was looking at this earlier in the day, and I think of the past 15 uh, Rookie of the Years, it's been completely split between quarterbacks and running backs and throw in two receivers. Odell Beckham, one other player, and they've all come from the first three rounds, really. So I think, yeah, does he fit that mold? Sure, but it's mostly first and second round players. Uh, More recently, you've had some quarterbacks win it, and I I think really how excited we are for Kyler Murray or even Josh Jacobs by volume. I think both of those guys, you bet those two, and you've pretty much covered who I think has a realistic chance of winning. Yeah, I, I think Montgomery is interesting at 10 to 1. Uh, if you were interested in betting that, I would not try to talk you out of it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of hype on him. Uh, the, the thing that really cools me off a little bit is just the presence of Tariq Cohen. Like, Tariq Cohen is, is an excellent running back. I mean, he's not a guy that you want to have pounding in between the tackles, you know, 15 times a game. But he is a guy that for sure you want to keep involved in your offense, be it, you know, through a, a couple rushes, but mostly getting out into the receiving game. So that is going to keep Montgomery's workload, I think, pretty modest. But that said, like, he he will probably get the goal line work for the Bears. Um, I could see him having a season where he threatens, you know, a thousand rushing yards and double digit touchdowns as a ceiling. But... Like you said, is that enough for him? 
to actually win the Offensive Rookie of the Year when you've got guys like Kyler Murray, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins potentially, and then Josh Jacobs, who figures to be a major bell cow in Oakland. So I'm not sure. You can get him at 16 to 1 to win the Rookie of the Year on, on DK Sportsbook. I don't hate that bet if you want to go with a long shot, but I do think that, you know, obviously there are other guys who deserve deserve your attention more than him. Uh, Tariq Cohen, most rushing yards, deserves less attention than that. Moving on, we do have Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, most sacks, plus uh, six to one, Khalil Mack MVP, 66 to one, and Mack Defensive Player of the Year, uh, three and a half to one. Do those interest you at all? I really, uh, I know a defensive player probably isn't going to win MVP, but that's a pretty fun bet to win because I really love Khalil <laughs> Mack as a player. <laughs> Yeah, I can't I can't bet a defensive player for MVP. I know, I know. Um, I love Khalil Mack, too, but I think that these numbers are all a little thin. I mean, uh, Khalil Mack, only 12 and a half sacks last season. You know, I, I would have assumed he had more. But when you've got guys like Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Von Miller, you know, like there are even Miles Garrett, there's talk that he... Uh, is going to be more unleashed under this new coaching staff. He seems excited about it. He's going to get to do more, you know, defensive moves than he was allowed to do under uh, Greg Williams last season. So I'm fading all of the Khalil Mack props here. But again, like very, very good football player. Love, love that the Bears have him. He, you know, great trade by them last season. But I think we can find better numbers here. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that, especially like you said. I just think there are better values. I think this is uh, roughly fair, but when you're when you're looking at that, like if you were to order all the players where he is in the rankings, that's probably roughly fair. But we're looking for plus EV, and that's you know that's not what you're finding here. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. We've got a nine win total, minus one ten on both sides. This is this is pretty tough for me. I think this is a, a pretty fair number. Where are you going with this one? Ah, uh, this is really tough. I mean, I I. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers stan. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you're taking over for Anthony Amico, who basically made it his life mission to smear Aaron Rodgers' good name. So I'm curious to see where you stand on the Packers, but mostly just Rodgers in general. I'm actually, I'll say as far as, um, I, I, I guess we're on fantasy Twitter and we're on uh, football nerd Twitter. And Aaron Rodgers' hate's been flowing in more recently as the Packers have put up the, these mediocre seasons. So I guess I fall pretty much in the middle. I think he's a, he's a good player, but I don't know if we'll ever see him return to the heights that we saw. Especially, you know, I think he's comparable to guys like like Matt Ryan. Whereas I think a few years ago we thought he might be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I'm definitely I've definitely moved out of that space. I think this is a pretty fair number, and whenever we say that, that usually just means stay away. And if you want to bet the Packers, there are are much better odds. Like when you look at plus one eighty five to win the division, I think that's way better odds than I would take them at the uh, the nine minus one ten on both sides. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, this bet is a bet on Rodgers, basically, right? Like you look at this team, and the the unit around him is average at best. You know, the offensive line. Okay, but I mean, Rodgers seemed like he was running for his life most of last season. They did spend a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they're paying Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith a lot of money at the linebacker position. 
Um, they brought in Adrian Amos from the Bears to play safety. And then they drafted uh, two defensive players in the first round in Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage Jr. out of Maryland. So, you know, it seems like the Packers are always trying to overhaul their defense, but it never seems to work for them. You know, I know there was a lot of talk last season about how they drafted all those cornerbacks and that that was going to help their their defensive numbers. But, you know, again, a pretty mediocre year for the Packers. So if you think that Rodgers is still, you know, the best quarterback in the league or, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, then yeah, nine probably feels low to you. Like the the Packers figure to be favored in nine games this year. Um, that's That's what Warren Sharp has them at right now. Uh, that seems, you know, again, like this line seems fair to me, like you were saying, which, which makes this feel like, like a stay away. I'm with you in, in betting them to win the division is probably the better bet. Cause if you think that the Packers can win over nine games and we think that the Bears are due for some regression, that should be enough for them to win the division, in my opinion. That's exactly my thoughts, is that I think uh, if we think the Bears are going to be weaker, I still think the Packers are a better team than the Vikings. Uh, let's not even get started on the on the Lions yet. I, I think they might be the best team in the division, plus 185 to, to pay off. I think it's good there. Uh, plus 115 to make the playoffs. I'd rather just take the division. I think those are pretty much similar bets, similar enough bets, that uh, it's not worth the, the difference there. Uh, to win the NFC in Super Bowl 10-1 and 20-1, I think the NFC is so good. I don't think they're going to really stack up to to the Saints or the Rams or maybe even the Eagles. You know, I, I how do you feel about them making the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not I'm not particularly bullish on them. I mean, what are your thoughts in general on just to win the conference versus to win the Super Bowl bets? Like, do you think that if you like the Packers, let's just use them as an example. Would you rather bet the 10, you know, try to take the 10 to 1 for them to win the NFC? Or would you rather try and double your payout to win the Super Bowl? Because I do think that the NFC is the stronger conference top to bottom. I mean, maybe they're not as top heavy as the AFC with with the Chiefs and, and potentially the Patriots this season. But like to me, if you can win the NFC you can win the Super Bowl. So I would probably go for the bigger payout. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on that. No, that's exactly my thoughts. I think it's a great way of looking at it. Generally, I'm mostly just fading these bets because I don't think – I think you're you're trying to predict something that's so random year to year in terms of who makes it. You're, you're trying to predict like playoff games. You're trying to predict who actually becomes good. We saw last year I don't think there was – like. I don't think anybody expected the Packers to look the way they did. Same with the Bears, uh, you know, within its own division. Uh, it's a lot more randomness than I like to take on in a bet. Uh, they're more of fun. You know, I'll put, uh, you know, my family's from Pittsburgh. I'll put a few bucks on Pittsburgh, even though I, I know they're not going to win. But, uh, you know, I, I'm looking for value in these bets, and I think there are some better bets, especially when we get to the props, that uh, I'd rather be taking. So we've got 10 to 1 MVP odds for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's pretty tasty in my opinion. I mean, look, like there's there's definitely some name bias here, right? Like if if Rodgers has a good season, that's going to carry more weight than another player having the same season. You you know what I'm saying? Like voters if they see that Rodgers is doing well, they're going to be like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league, MVP." Like there's some some name recognition value I think with Rodgers here. And uh, I think the 10 to 1 is not bad. I mean, you look at what this this Packers team 
it's constructed around him. Like, yes, we like Aaron Jones this year, but the Packers are still going to live and die on the right on the right arm of Aaron Rodgers. My only worry is I think we're going to see them pass the ball significantly less. Last year, they passed on uh, about 67.5% of their plays. No team has gone that high since the 2013 Falcons. I think we're going to see him get to throw the ball less. So even if his touchdown rate does uh, regress in a positive way to where we've seen him throughout his career, I think last season of his full seasons was maybe his lowest touchdown total ever. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think he will get the ball quite enough, especially when you consider Matt LaFleur was uh, their new their new head coach, Matt LaFleur, was totally willing to just grind Derrick Henry to dust last season. <laughs> I don't think they, I don't think we'll see nearly that much, but I do think – Combined with normal regression, uh, add Matt LaFleur to the scenario. Green Bay is not going to throw nearly as much. There are guys I would rather have for that. And that takes me to his, uh, what do we have for his total passing yards? It is 42.75 and a half. That is almost exactly his career average when you take a full 16-game season. And the under is plus 100, you know, so even. Uh, especially if I have to pick a side, the over at minus 140, and not on my life because I don't want to bet – that much juice just just to get above his average. And I think maybe Aaron Rodgers is potentially past his prime in terms of being four years ago. We were talking about him being the greatest player ever. I think he he's a really talented quarterback. I'll take the under at even odds. Yeah, I'm with you. Like when you when we talk about Rodgers, it's his ability to put the ball in the end zone. You know, not necessarily his ability to pile up yardage on a weekly basis. Like when I think about Aaron Rodgers, I think of, you know, the game, like when he's at his best, I think of the games where he's, you know, four touchdowns at halftime with, with 150 passing yards, something like that. Like if Rodgers is going to have a good season, I certainly think he improves his touchdown rate. I think he gets back into the, you know, the 40 range, but it wouldn't shock me if he has less yards than he did last season as well. Yeah, just to look at uh, Rodgers' interception rate has been the lowest in the league among qualified players three times in his career. His touchdown rate has been the highest two times. He has never led in passing yards. Uh, I don't think he's really just that volume guy. We think of him as the most efficient quarterback that plays. That's not going to get you the passing yards you need. So moving on, Devontae Adams. Uh, some interesting prop bets here. I actually could really buy into 10-1 uh, to 1 odds most receiving touchdowns. Uh, he's the favorite right now, but that price bakes, bakes in a lot of variance because they're, they're touchdowns. They're a pretty variant stat. But if anybody was going to do it, it'd be Adams. And 10 to 1 feels like a good good value for that, no? Yeah, I mean, especially when, uh, you know, Rodgers came out and said that this offseason that he wants to target Adams even more next season. So uh, I, I'm the wrong person to ask this question. I am like kind of a Devontae Adams hater. Uh, I don't know why. I just don't. I don't think he's that good. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad take. Uh, like nothing that he does is truly like electric to me. Like I think he just benefits from being the wide receiver one for Aaron Rodgers, which is a role that we've seen, you know, basically everybody thrive in. Um, I, I can't get behind him as the favorite in this award. Could I see it happening? Of course. Like he's had double digit touchdowns each of the past three seasons, 13 last year. He's he's fine. He's a fine player. I like him in fantasy. He's a safe asset, but I can't I can't back him as a favorite just off principle. 
Okay, so are you buying the Aaron Rodgers bounce back? His 25 touchdowns in the full season last season was his lowest as a full-time starter ever, including some seasons where he didn't even play quite uh, 16 games. So are you buying the touchdown positive regression for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I am. So I get what you're saying. Like yeah, if, yeah. If Rodgers has more touchdowns, Adam if should too. If not he, then who? Well, I mean, can you really, really expect a guy to, to command 50% of his team's receiving touchdowns? Yeah, no, I'm genuinely curious then. Who are you buying? Uh, you know, I guess we'll pivot over to fantasy real quick. Who are you buying as the guys who are going to pick up those touchdowns then? It's a fair question. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Graham stands out as a guy who could potentially see some increased usage in the red zone. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, again, like how big of a touchdown threat he's going to be. I think he could certainly take on a bigger role in the offense. I mean, you're you're right. It's a good question, right? Like, if Rodgers is going to throw more touchdowns this season, where the heck are they going? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe just that. Maybe I have to like Adams a little bit more. I mean, you you might be talking me into it here. No, I do like the Jimmy Graham take though. Uh, he was like uh, top ten in targets and scored twice. I think uh, on an Aaron Rodgers offense, completely unheard of. I'd be as long as he is healthy and still like. Just a little more than a corpse. I'd be shocked right. if he doesn't score more touchdowns. And I like the talent of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, too. So I can see the argument you're making. We see the news that teen vaping's on the rise. But teens see something else. Internet videos that talk up fun flavors and downplay the dangers of nicotine. How can parents talk so kids will listen? Use facts. One, nicotine can rewire teens' brains. Two, it can make kids more anxious. Three, Changes to the brain can be permanent. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enough fantasy talk. Let's keep moving on. We've got the Vikings here. Minnesota Vikings. Also nine win total, minus 121 on the over. How is this different from the Green Bay Packers? So here's the big difference for me. I think that the worst thing that you can do in the NFL right now is pay a mediocre quarterback like he's elite. And to me, that's exactly what the Vikings are doing with Kirk Cousins. He is one of the most expensive players in the league. And frankly, I just don't think that he's that good. Um, the fact that the Vikings have, you know, cheaper salaries, uh, at the rest of their skill positions kind of balances it out and is a reason why the Vikings haven't turned into a, t- a total disaster. But anytime you're paying Kirk Cousins or a guy, you know, the caliber of Kirk Cousins, $30 million a year, I think it's going to spell problems for you. Uh, and if you look at, you know, the free agency, they weren't able to bring in anybody who's really an impact player. And they had to watch a few guys leave that had become, you know, contributors for this team. So they're really counting on the draft being where they're getting their, their reinforcements from, which is fine. Like the best teams in the league build through the draft. But, you know, it's not like this is a, a team that was, you know, dominant that we just need them to duplicate what they did last season. We need them to take a step forward. And I'm just not sure that that's possible. I mean, the one, the one thing is 
you hope for a full season from Dalvin Cook. Maybe that takes the offense over that next level. And the defense should be pretty good. But again, to me, like, just I, I'm all about fading the teams that are paying the quarterbacks big money and not getting big time production. I very much agree with that, especially you look at just last year. And not only is he, like last year, he was 17th in adjusted yards per attempt. You've got Adam Thielen to Stephon Diggs. How is that possible? Yeah. But, I, I mean, and it's not that he's a bad quarterback. He's just fine. Just paying him as if he's the best quarterback really hamstrings your ability to be great. It secures the fact that you'll be a good-ish team, a fine enough team, not a, an embarrassment. And it completely hampers you from being a great team. I really, uh, if you can find this this line at, uh, at like, say, eight and a half and then get the under, so you're not pushing at nine, especially when you look at, uh, you know, I know if they hit, uh, you take the under, 10 is a loss, nine isn't necessarily a loss, but it does tie up your money for a long enough time that you could have done better with it. The opportunity cost is almost a bit of a loss. So I will take the the under on nine, and I would even be fine with a lower line still taking the under. And, and you know, for that reason, I'm also going to fade them for winning the division playoffs. And, you know, don't get me started on NFC or Super Bowl. Yeah, so it sounds like we we kind of like the Packers. Yeah, we we definitely have to take the Packers over. I, you know, uh, same thing. I don't like betting the the whole numbers because you're you're tying up your money. Even if you push, you really almost don't push because you lose some of that opportunity cost you could have done. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, we went under Bears, under under Vikings. Uh, I'll totally take the Packers over at nine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, let's see, Vikings props. We have a few props that I'm actually interested for them. Uh, despite our slander of Kirk Cousins, I do think uh, right now you can find his passing yards at 4050, 4,050 yards. As a full-time starter, he has gone over that every single season. I, I, you know, that's I, I don't care if I don't like the guy or if I think he's a mediocre passer. It's minus 120 on both sides. Slam the over because he's done it every year, and I don't think there's any reason for him to not do that again unless they become this more run-heavy team. That's the only way I can see that not happening. Yeah, looking at uh, the Warren Sharp preview for the team as well, their passing offense schedule is much easier than their rushing offense schedule. So that's another thing that bodes well for you know Cousins in terms of his ability to uh, to to rack up some yardage here. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like you look at four, 4,000 is basically like the minimum a quarterback can throw for in 2019 if he plays 16 games. It's just hard to rack up less yardage than that with the way that offense is trending, uh, in this current era of football. So, you know, we don't think Cousins deserves to make $30 million a year, but like you said, he's still a, you know, slightly above average NFL quarterback with elite weapons. So I think that that's a good formula for for an over here on its yardage prop. Yeah, that's a pretty free over for me. One that's a little closer, um, 1185.5 receiving yards for Adam Thielen. I feel really he's gone over, I believe, in both the past years. This completely depends on if you are a Stephon Diggs truther. Do you think this is finally the year that he takes over? I'm going to, you know, side on on the side of history and take the over uh, minus 110 saying no. Stephon Diggs doesn't ascend to number one on this team status. I love Diggs, but it, Adam, there's no reason Adam Thielen doesn't keep doing what he's been doing. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, it's it seems pretty disrespectful to Thielen that we want we want to write him off to, to for Stephon Diggs. Like, what does this guy have to do to, to get some respect put on his name? You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, why, what has he shown over the past couple seasons that 
makes people think that the team would be better if they were giving more targets to Stefan Diggs. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, both guys are going to be prominently featured, but for, for me, Thielen is the, the better player and he is the guy who should demand the, the increased target share. So, uh, I'm, I'm definitely more team Thielen than I am team Diggs. Yeah, he was actually just shy of beating this mark, uh, 1185 by almost 200 yards. Last season, he was at 1373. To think he would come down uh, just shy of 200 yards from last season, um, you have to see something drastically changing. It's a, it's a big shift, and uh, I don't see anything changing. It's a very similar team. They didn't bring in any competition for him, really, and you know I love Stephon Diggs, but I, I tend to agree with you. Thielen's better, and the under is actually juiced harder at minus 130 than the over at minus 110, uh, you know. Over minus 110 is another easy bet for me. That's why I like the props is because I think that's really where you can find an edge. Let's move on to the ickiest team in the division, the Detroit Lions, a six and a half win total minus 121 on the over. Yeah, the Lions are an interesting team because they spent a, a lot of money in free agency. Um, but I, I don't think they got particularly better, you know, which, which is hard to do in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think that fading the teams that make splash moves in free agency in general is kind of a good strategy. But uh, they spent a lot of money on Trey Flowers. They they got him from the Patriots. Uh, they're paying him $18 million a year, which is a lot of money. Um, you know, Trey Flowers was one of those guys that was constantly on the list of like, oh, most underrated players in the league or best players in the league that you don't know about. Uh, I don't think we can call him underrated anymore, making $18 million a year. Uh, they did have to lose, they did lose Ziggy Ansah, which is a pretty big loss to their pass rush. But, uh, other than that, this team, at least on paper, figures to be better next year. But this is, again, they're paying Matt Stafford a ton of money. Uh, they're paying the second most money to the quarterback position of all 32 teams this season. Uh, and that really hampers your ability to build a competitive team around him. Uh, they still have Kenny Galladay on a really cheap deal, which helps. Um, but I just don't see enough here to get, uh, to get a ton of interest on taking the over on this team. Uh, another thing too, to, to keep in mind is that they used a top 10 pick, the number eight pick on a tight end, TJ Hawkinsock out of uh, Iowa. And I have no problem with that pick in the long term, but tight end might be the hardest position to make an impact as a rookie. It's just tough to learn all of the blocking and the route running. Uh, you know, it's, it's very, very rare that you see a tight end make a big impact as a rookie. So, uh, I wouldn't expect a ton out of him. And with that in mind, like, it's just, there's just not a ton here to get excited about. Yeah, in a similar vein, well, one I want to touch on, I can't tell if you're doing a bit calling him TJ Hawkinsock, and I love it. So I will be referring to him as TJ Hackensack from now on. So <laughs> so uh, another thing, generally, uh, when you zoom out looking at teams, I like to fade teams that don't seem to be playing the NFL very well. They don't seem to be playing the game. We see the Eagles play the game. And this team is setting up to establish the run for four consecutive quarters. They're building a, a road-grinding offensive line. They've got their running back of the future in on Johnson. And I think he'll be an effective running back in this backfield. And I think that equates to losing a lot of games, 10 to 20 or something like that. Because, uh, you know, we saw them trade away Golden Tate, who was one of the most prolific slot receivers. There are rumors that Marvin Jones' time in Detroit 
Rage is coming to an end soon. You know, as much as I like Kenny Galladay, he can't be the only one. And even if he can be the only one, that still isn't the, you know, the past success. You want there to be more talent. And like you said, they spent, uh, they spent their only, they spent their first round pick on a guy who's not going to be making an impact right away, almost certainly, just because that's what tight ends do. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying in (laughs) TJ Hackysack in the slightest, (laughs) at least as a rookie, just, we don't see that happen. So if you're not improving through the draft in year one, you're falling behind to the teams that did improve. And I think in the long term, he is an incredibly talented player, but I'm betting with history that he doesn't make a huge impact this year. So with that being said, it just seems like they're a team that is setting themselves up for failure organizationally. Yeah, um, I'm also a big fan of like fading the Bill Belichick disciples at coach. Um, you must be very rich then. You've been you've been making <laughs> off well recently. Yeah, I mean, I, I called this Matt Patricia thing. I don't want to take a ton of credit, but like, I just didn't understand, like, the, I, I don't see the, the logic behind, like, oh, this guy worked well under Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest coach of all time, especially on the defensive side. Like, how much did Matt Patricia even do on the Patriots? Who knows? And the, the Lions are like, well, that's our guy. And so it's not surprising to me that they only won six games last year. Although they did beat the Patriots, ironically enough. But that was when the Patriots were in, you know, their early season malaise like we see every year. Uh, I'm fully expecting that again this season, by the way. Just a little AFC East preview. (laughs) That is such a fun time of year where everyone thinks the week four, uh, two years ago, it was the uh, Chiefs they lost to, I believe. And uh, last year, it uh, was it last year was the Chiefs. No, yeah. it was two years ago, right? It was two years ago. They well, lost that, the Chiefs. That Chiefs loss was opening week two years ago. Oh, man. Just every year where they lose, like, two games in the first four and people think the dynasty is over is such a great time. Like, yeah. it's, it's always like, we should just put it on the calendar, do make a little weekend out of it. For sure. The second that you see some ESPN talking head ask the question, like, is the Patriots dynasty over? Is Tom Brady finished? Like, just run to your sports book and get some money down on them to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so saying, uh, are you taking the under then uh, officially? Because I will take the under. I think they did not improve nearly enough to beat their total last year. I think they could get six and uh, I'd win the bet. So, Yeah, I mean, six and a half. I'm not as as bullish on this under as I was with like the Bears or the Vikings. Just, I agree. Just because like we've we've been saying. It's so hard to win less than six games in the NFL. Like, you have to be bad. Um, but that said, I think the Lions could be that level of bad. They're only projected right now to be favored in three specific games this season. Um, you know, we just don't think they got a lot better in the draft. Trey Flowers can only do so much on the defensive line. Uh, I think that they'll be, they'll be maybe competitive in specific games you know, because of their defense and their running ability. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm going to take the under here. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Some more interesting bets we've got on this one. Carry on Johnson, 32 to one to lead the NFL in rushing yards. I don't hate this bet. I would think of him as a guy who's 25 to one odds, maybe, because I really think they're going to try and completely just grind him into the dirt. And I do not think I see CJ Anderson as much of a threat as, as some people do. Bro, CJ, stud last year. You know, ah, you're right. All right, I'll take it off. Yeah, you're right. C.J. Anderson was really good on the best offense in the NFL. C.J. Anderson truthers unite. Uh, no, for okay. real though. You're not like, even truthing for the right, the right running back. It's Zach Zander. Come on. 
I love CJ Anderson. I will die on that yeah. hill. Okay, well, I'm, you know what? I think we're just going to cancel the show because I love Zach Zanner. <laughs> and I'm sure he's better than CJ Anderson. Um, but to, to, to your to your point, like, I do think that Carrion Johnson offers some value at that number. The only question is, and we kind of talked about this before the show started, like, how often do you think Detroit is going to be down big and do you think that forces them to abandon the run? Because, you know, I, we're talking about literally every running back on the Lions roster at this point, but they still have a pretty good pass catching running back in Theo Riddick. So like, if they do get down, it would not be a super shock to me to see Riddick playing, uh, at the expense of carry on Johnson at certain times. Which is the only reason why I, I think that this line is probably fair. Like, I would say that I'm a little less bullish on Johnson's rushing upside than you are. Yeah, I think uh, my big question would be if they are getting behind in a lot of games, are they content with running? Although, I could see that happening. I could see this team, the way they built their team around the run, just being like, yeah, you know, it's 10 to 20. We could uh, come back in the next two minutes at the end of the game. Just keep running it. We'll spend our last five plays on on runs. You know, they're going to they're gonna give it to us. We'll run five yards every time. We, all we got to do is get 40 of those and we're down the field. So, uh, you know, I, I think this could be a team that's just content with losing games. because Stick so many that teams laminated play sheet, Matt Patricia. You do yeah, you, baby. Exactly. You know, oh, what's this? Uh, number four is a run here. Oh, I love number four. Let's run that one. Uh, you know, I biggest gripe with patricia what is the pencil for uh is it the one he has in his ear he has a laminated play sheet he can't write on it <laughs> what is the oh pencil God. for matt patricia all right definitely smash the under six and a half they're not hitting two are you kidding me it's a good that is a a great call out uh one more bet before we get out of here we've got stafford at four thousand flat minus 120 on both sides uh, so you said uh, roughly 4,000 yards for a middle-of-the-pack quarterback is pretty close to free if they are playing 16 games. Put it to the test. Yeah, I mean, Stafford, what happened to him last year? Stafford has always been a guy that you could count on for, you know, above-average quarterback play and, in the past, at least big volume. I mean, he's led the league in passing attempts twice. Granted, that was back in 2011 and 2012, but last year, only 555 attempts and a career, uh, or one of the lowest marks of his career at 6.8 yards per attempt. So it seems like they are transitioning more, as you've mentioned, to a run heavier style and more check downs, less big plays. You know, obviously Calvin Johnson not being there is going, has, has had an impact on that. Um, but they've also lost Golden Tate now. They're asking a lot out of, uh, you know, Babytron there. And while I think we all agree that he's good, like, he is still pretty unproven. Um, they have him and Marvin Jones. Like, I think that that's a, at least a tantalizing group of of wide receivers with Danny Amendola sort of manning the middle of the field. But it's tough. I- I'm taking the over on Stafford. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just hard for a quarterback to play 16 games and have less than 4,000 yards. Yeah, as much as I think we're both grossed out by this offense and we disagree with what the team is doing, uh, I-, I-, I tend to agree with you. It's still, they'll be playing in the modern NFL. And if as long as they recognize that they cannot win games by running the ball when they're down multiple scores and they have to pass, that will be enough. But uh, I think I'd be looking – I'd just be looking to fade this bet entirely because I, I don't want to bet on Stafford and this offense. 
Yeah, I was going to potentially look at Stafford for like the league leader in picks as well, but it's just hard to do that right now with the volume that we're projecting for the Lions. You know, back in the day when he was, when he, he had a season where he threw the ball 727 times. Oh, I miss those days, man. That, <laughs> that Detroit just gunning it, airing it out. Calvin Johnson deep down the field. Man, I miss that team. It would be fun to see guys like Galladay and Marvin Jones and even Amendola in that offense, but sadly, that's not where we are anymore. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Before we get out of here, I would like to bring up, we have, I pulled up the Patriots schedule. They have week one Pittsburgh, then Dolphins, Jets, Bills. I'm going to say they lose to Pittsburgh, and then they lose to a weird, fluky Josh Allen Bills game. Then they go to the Redskins. People are like, oh, they're, they're going away. Let's let's make it an even game, you know, pick them. And then we crush the Patriots. So we crush the Patriots in that one. Sound like a plan? Oh, well, if <laughs> if I could get the Patriots at a pick them against the Redskins, I would take that in a heartbeat. Unfortunately, no, I don't think that's going to be the case. But maybe maybe they lose to the Jets and the Bills. Oh, my God. If, if that happens, I will I will sell you to somebody as my bet. <laughs> sell me. Yes, you. <laughs> like, you know, not... if they want someone to record a Laying the Points podcast at any time throughout the day, they have that service available. That's not – you're not going to get a lot of equity on that. That's... Uh, you want to hear a true story? I've told this story a couple times, but it's uh, it's it's fun. Like, I literally back during the Floyd Mayweather versus uh, Conor McGregor fight, I literally went to the bank and tried to take out a loan to bet on Floyd <laughs> Mayweather. Uh, they wouldn't let me do it. But <laughs> – as much as I, I thought I made a very compelling case, and the bank would have won out on that, by the way. But uh, yeah, you were like, they're like, oh, what do you need this money for? And you're like, I'm like a financial investor. I, I make like, really good investments. I have a guaranteed winner. Uh, <laughs> it's a thirty percent. You know, you're gonna get your money in a week. Just let me have it. Uh, the bank manager didn't see it my way. If if we had the the if the Patriots get off to a one and three start. And are really going to be a pick them against the Redskins? I'll be back at the bank again. I'm excited. I'll put it in the calendar. I think that'll bring us to a close for the night. <laughs> um, yeah. So o- overall, we're going over on the Vikes, or I'm sorry, over on the Packers. Yes. Packers to win the division, being our favorite bet, and we're kind of fading the rest of this league. Uh, pretty tough schedule, having to face the AFC West and NFC East as their two divisions. Um, you know, those are. Those are at least three tough games at a bare minimum, potentially four, maybe even five. Uh, so yeah, just a tougher, tougher schedule here for these NFC North teams. And we don't think that any of them really made a tremendous improvement. So that's kind of where we stand. TLDR, you know, we like the Packers just kind of by default, I guess. And we like Zach Zenner by default too. Yeah, and Zach yep. Zenner and CJ Anderson when they when they finally surpass on Johnson, <laughs> two thousand yards rushing incoming. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points. Uh, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here, I am Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.